You are listening to the In Her Eyes podcast. I am your host, Lynn Niehaus, episode 68. Hello, hello, my lovely friend, and welcome to the In Her Eyes podcast. I am your host, Lynn Niehaus, interior designer, artist, mama, scientist, color specialist, and space coach, here to help you navigate the beautiful messiness of raising strong, thriving daughters while you discover the path to a home that inspires you. You will learn to design gorgeous, peaceful spaces inside and out that you can be proud of and love coming home to. Each week, we will explore how individuality and practicality create the harmony our souls crave. Let's dive in, my dear, to all of our beautiful stuff. Sometimes I share with you things that I want you to think about, kind of drop into and see where you are, um, help you identify your relationship with yourself, with your surroundings, with the people in your life. This episode is more of a you need this. I've never been very good at telling people things, like whether it's telling people what I want them to do or telling people what I need. Uh, It's just not a skill that I've ever really cultivated. And I was, um, I was raised pretty passive aggressively. (laughs) I was raised to be passive aggressive by um, some passive aggressive people. Um, And it just created this kind of space between Uh, what I wanted to say and where I felt like something was, you know, something needs to be said. Well, this episode is, is just straight up. This is what you need. We're, if you're in the Northern Hemisphere, you're deeply embroiled in winter, even though this is a, um, it's been a very mild winter here in Pennsylvania. We just saw our first snow yesterday uh, with the area of Pennsylvania that I'm in. And so it's it's been um, a winter where we've been able to get out. But for the most part, dirt, you know, when it's cold, we tend to shelter in place. And our homes get more claustrophobic the air quality in our homes goes down uh, especially the time after the holidays Um, all of those things that we bring into our house can really change the way our the air in our home is so so what are we talking about today today we're talking about plants I'm giving you the eight reasons why you need plants in your home. If you were thinking, oh, I already have plants, um, I'm going to tell you just how many you need to completely cleanse the air in your home to, to have an absolute effect on the air quality in your home. And I'm also going to tell you about what, how to keep your plants healthy or 
what might be going on if you think I'm not good with plants or I'm not a plant person. So today is all about why you need plants in your home, especially during the winter. I know a lot of people take their um, people that are good with plants. Now, I don't necessarily fall into that category. I am good at keeping some plants alive. Uh, There's a few plants that I can keep really healthy, um, but for most of my life, the winter time and plants and I did not necessarily have a good relationship. So there were plants that I brought in during the winter to try and save, um, you know, or try because I, I really loved the way they performed outside. And sometimes it was just a matter of not knowing enough about the plant to put it in an optimal location or to give it what, you know, it needs or doesn't need. That's an important thing to know. Um, you shouldn't fertilize plants when they're in a more dormant phase, especially if they're a plant that needs a lot of light. But anyway, we're going to go straight through these eight reasons that you need plants or need more plants in your home and how to take care of them and how to use them as an indicator of some other things that are going on in your house. So the number one and the one that most people realize is the air quality of your home. During the winter in particular, when we're shut up in our homes and the heat is running and if you're burning candles, which uh, unless you're burning beeswax, um, that can that can really um, have a negative effect on the air quality in your home. Um, the things like the things that you're using to clean with, there aren't they aren't going to dissipate into, um, you know, into through the walls and outside. Um, We're cooking less outside. We're doing a lot more things in our home. So the air quality in our homes during the winter can really get uh, pretty bad. So pretty, it was probably about third grade when we learned that plants have the plants breathe in carbon dioxide and they put out oxygen. I'm from the south. I say carbon dioxide. Carbon dioxide. Um, So just having plants alone is going to make the air that you breathe more enjoyable. You know, the more oxygen that's in the in the air, the better you feel. You know, we see sports people playing football. You know, after a big long run, they're all sitting on the sidelines getting oxygen. The reason is our bodies need oxygen to function, which we know, but to really speed up the process of our bodies getting back to where they need to be, it the the more oxygen that's in what we're breathing in the better our bodies feel, the better, the more energetic our bodies feel, the less lethargy that's there. 
But the other beautiful thing that plants do is they filter out the a lot of the toxins that we find in our air and the most important toxins that they remove is are uh, benzene and formaldehyde. Benzene and formaldehyde come into our homes from a lot of different sources, but anything that we're bringing in that has um, that's been manufactured in uh, a larger scale plant, um, plant by like a manufacturing plant. Um, Anything that's, that's been created somewhere else and coming in, it's going to have some, some residual formaldehyde. Um, carpets are really bad. Um, there are instances of lower quality uh, drywall that, that has, um, has a lot of formaldehyde. There's lots of places that formaldehyde comes in. And the plants, what they do is they actually take it in and they convert it to um, a, a more of a nitrogen food source. So it's a slow process. It's not always necessarily really good for the plants to have large quantities of these, um, but they are essentially alchemizing some of the toxins in our home and turning it into something that they can use. Sometimes it's just slow process that actually causes some degradation to the plant, um, but they are acting as natural air filters. That being said, um, think about where you're purchasing your plants from, plants that you're bringing into your home. You want to avoid buying them from uh, places like hardware stores or your big box stores because of, um, you know, they, they're, they're filtering so, you know, so often it always just cracks me up that you go, you know, you walk by the um, indoor plants at the, um, you know, your, your big box hardware stores and they have them right next to like the fertilizers and the herbicides and yeah, the plants are only good there for a handful of days before they start, you know, and they sell a lot of them. Um, so they process them through very quickly, but the plants are actually soaking up all of that, um, you know, all of those toxins in the air. So if you're bringing them to your home, they're not going to have as much of an ability to filter as they would if you were to buy them at, um, you know, a greenhouse. So you might be paying a few dollars more, but you're going to get longevity from what you're paying for. I like to, we're going to talk a little bit more about the different types of plants that you, um, you know, that you can bring in and, and the value that each of them have, but the, um, the plant that's going to give you the best air cleaning ability. And so you should really think about having one of these in the place like your bedroom, your children's bedroom. Um, specifically, even if you have to put it up on a higher shelf, um, is a snake plant. A snake plant has the greatest ability to filter your air. Um, other plants that can filter your air really well, but might not have, um, they, they do it in a way that is detrimental to them. Um, are things like a Gerber daisy. 
Um, so if you want to buy something that you think of as being just kind of short-lived to bring in just a beautiful pop of color, uh, Gerber daisies are a great, um, <laughs> they're great for a number of reasons because not do not only do they do a really good job with those those big hairy leaves kind of filtering out your air if your air quality is really poor um it won't last very long and um it lets you know that there may be some bigger changes you need to do in your space to improve the air quality the second reason is plants actually assist in your immune response. Plants help build your immunity. For one, plants do breathe. You know, they when we said that you know, they breathe out oxygen, they also release humid they increase the level of humidity in your home. And it's been shown in actually several studies that during the colder months, the higher the level, the ambient level of humidity, the greater your body's ability to ward off things like colds, sore throats, and coughs. One is there's less stress. You know, anytime your body is under a, a stressor or something is causing your body to stress, um, it increases the cortisol level in your um, in your body, in your blood in your bloodstream. And as soon as your cortisol level goes up, your body makes less immune cells, your, your B cells and T cells, they actually go down because your body is just naturally programmed to keep you alive. It thinks that something is wrong. And so what it does is one of the places it tries to conserve energy is it makes a lower level immune response. So having a more comfortable level of humidity in your home and plants do that naturally without having to have a humidifier without and, and all of those things can be good too if they're you know taken care of and cleaned and you know and and um, maintained well but plants do it without you know basically all you have to do is just water your plants occasionally and you're going to be naturally increasing the humidity level in your home. There's a fascinating study that I read about out of the University of Norway where they showed that the flu virus actually had a harder time spreading and replicating in areas of higher humidity. So that's two different, there's two different factors. Your body itself is more at a comfortable ambient state. Those cells that are coming in contact with the air, your throat cells, your lung cell, your, your lung tissue, um, all those, they're better able to stay healthy and ward off infection 
when there's a higher level of humidity, but then the flu virus in particular has less ability to, and this study that I was reading was only, it was only about the flu virus that they studied. It was one, um, one kind of broad strain of flu that they showed had less ability to replicate. So having plants in your home is going to make you healthier through the winter and better able to combat those germs that get concentrated and isolated in our homes. The third reason that you need plants, more plants in your home, is they boost mental performance. It's, um, you're going to see several of these reasons that I give you of why it's, um, it's an actual good idea to send people flowers when they're recovering from, um, they're in the hospital and they're recovering from, a an illness or a surgery. Um, we're going to talk about a couple in, um, a, a, one specific study in particular, but there was one study where they, it was two, it was a workplace where they um, measured people's performance based on, and their happiness quotient, like all of those things, working in spaces with plants versus without plants. And the people who were working in the office spaces with plants reported being happier when they were working. Um, they also reported um, just when they measured the, um, the productivity hours, the productivity time, the people that worked in spaces with plants and a significant number of plants. It wasn't just like, you know, one sad little plant on the, sitting on their desk, but, you know, a nice array of different plants. They um, had a higher level of productivity. So if you work from home or if you have spaces in your home where you like to, um, where you do need to work or you like to work on different things, it's a really good idea to have plants in there. Now, a question that I often get when um, people are asking me about putting plants in different spaces and how to deal with lighting conditions because we know that plants need light. They need light to be healthy. They need light to thrive. Uh, the first thing you can do is get in the habit of rotating your plants. So if you're if you're decorating or designing a specific area that you want to incorporate plants in, and especially larger plants, you want to make sure you're choosing plants with the lighting specifications that are in your space for the most part. Some plants do well in lower light um, and some plants don't. Some plants need a lot of light. Some plants like light, but they don't like direct sunlight. So if you have, um, you know, bright sunlight that streams right into 
a window, they're plants that just can't handle that. Um, orchids are a great example of a plant that um, it can it can thrive in a room that has light, but you don't want to put it right in front of the window. So make sure you check the specifications of what of the plant that you're purchasing, and then. If you are putting plants in a room that gets very little light, or maybe it's a north-facing room, so it only gets a little bit of light during the day, then you want to get in the habit of moving those plants around. Um, and also be careful. I know a lot of people who think, oh, it's a sunny day. I'm going to take my plant outside. Basically, you don't you don't want to take a plant that's been, you know, living in a dark room and then put it outside. It's going to burn the edges of the leaves because the plants have a wonderful ability to adjust. They adjust their growing rate um, and and all the different, you know, things that they need to do themselves to stay healthy. So you want to be careful not to shop, shock them. Um, so rotating your plants through your house, through, you know, some... Um, some areas that might be a little bit brighter. They're going to encourage growth, um, but low light plants, they do need to stay in uh, low light or you can kind of, um, you know, if you have three different spots you rotate through, then you want to sort of stagger them so that you're moving them through in a way that doesn't shock their system. Same about make sure you check the fertilizer requirements of a plant because a plant that gets is um, actively growing and in a sunny, bright location, it's going to not want, um, it's going to need a lot more food or more fertilizer or, or we're going to talk about some other things you can add to your plants to make them happy. It's going to... Um, plants that are in lower light, you're going to want to feed less often. So if you are working from home or have a home office, that's one of the first places that you can actively start to work on your plant care uh, skills. You know, get that green thumb going by making sure that the plants in those spaces are really, um, that you're really thriving. And if your child has a workspace in their room or, or if they, if you have it in a more um, centrally located part of your house, you want to make sure you have some plants there as well. Because again, it's going to make them enjoy being in their space more. When I started teaching my design camps with uh, the girls that I was teaching design camps, uh, for during that summer of COVID and then a little bit beyond, the almost uh, uh, every especially the girls in my in my I had a one week long master camp where we did design every single day for a week and it was so fun to be together with them. Every single one of them talked about from the on their very first mood board that they created for their bedroom, they all had plants on them. And it was just so funny because that was also one of the first things that they said their mothers did, or their parents 
didn't like about their mood board. You know, they said that it was impractical, whether they didn't get enough light in their rooms or whether they told them they would never take care of them. And it, it wasn't quite as harsh as that, but it was like, oh, and, but they all were very adamant and all the pictures, when we talked about the pictures that they collected as inspiration, they told me how they loved the plants that were in there. So we talked a lot about how we can incorporate them and how to, you know, set up our schedule so that we were taking care of them and how, you know, plants are really inexpensive. Plants are one of the most inexpensive ways to transform our spaces with out, you know, any real long-term investment because, um, you're, you really don't have to do a lot to maintain them. And there's not a real commitment issue because if you're not good at taking care of them, then they just die. <laughs> um, and you can maybe choose better next time or come up with a plan the next time. So it's not like, um, you know, a vase that you might spend some money on that suddenly become feels very trendy or a light fixture or something that um, you get tired of over a while plants you can change up and constantly recreate the mood in a space just by the foliage from you know something that feels um, more comforting in the winter to something that feels more tropical and flowy in the summer but wherever you are just you're it's a great idea to have plants in your children's spaces you do want to make sure that you don't put poisonous plants in your children's spaces but again just read the labels and do a little bit of research and you'll find some great some great options so number four is plants make you smarter there was a Scientific American article that compiled the results of several different studies that showed that plants, particularly ones with a lot of foliage or plants with a lot of leaves, improved people's ability to focus on for an extended period of time. So the people were given different, in one of the studies, people were given more repetitive tasks. And the ones that were in environments that had leafy plants could focus on the tasks for longer versus when they either performed those same tasks tasks in an environment that didn't have the plants um, and then it just um, the ability to read and comprehension like there's a lot of different cognitive functions that are enhanced by the presence of plants I didn't mean to make that rhyme but it did um, and in this particular study, they did find a difference between plants with larger, broad, more broad leaves. And it didn't matter the species of the plant. It wasn't plants. It wasn't species specific. But there was something about the large leaves in the room and whether it's they're giving off more chlorophyll, whatever um, the articles that I was reading, it didn't break down 
um, the what they hypothesized it to be. They were just they just found these were their findings of um, it was a, a couple of different preliminary studies that were um, talking about workplace productivity and they found across the board that these big leafy plants helped with both function and comprehension. Number five is physical healing. It's been shown that, again, there was a great study out of, I believe this was... I want to say it was the University of Colorado, but my notes say the National Library of Medicine um, published a study where of 90 patients, and that's not a tremendous, in the, as a scientist, um, that's not a tremendous sample size, uh, but the fact that all of these pa- patients had the exact same surgery, it was all uh, their appendix out, um, and half of the patients were in rooms that um, had several plants, and half of the patients were in rooms that were free of plants. And what they found was the people in the rooms with the plants had lower blood pressure, they reported less pain, and they had decreased levels of anxiety. And again, all of those things are going to contribute to lower baseline levels of cortisol, which means that their body is not fighting itself while it's in the process of healing. And, um, you know, just throughout the scientific world, they've known that high levels of cortisol all um, attributes to a lower rate of healing in, you know, the body physically. So um, they didn't know whether it was the higher oxygen content that the people were experiencing, or maybe it could have been the humidity levels, again, um, could contribute to just the ability that your body is more capable of fighting off other um, stressors, other things coming in. So it was just promotes a more relaxed state. But across the board, they've shown that plants in um, during that post-surgical time speeds up healing. So number six, plants are cheap. You know, for the most part, I mean, yes, they're there are some exotic plants that you can buy. You can spend a lot of money on a plant. You can always find a way to spend money um, on anything, and plants certainly aren't an exception to that. But if you think about all of the things that I, just the first five things that I listed in terms of um you know, what they can do for you in your home. And if you think about the alternative to those things, like what you would actually be spending money on from, you know, uh, pain medication or a, you know, something that helps you physically focus, 
um, to uh, humidifiers in your space, to air purifiers, all of those things can get really expensive. And plants are just a great substitute for that. Now, what I like to do, and it's actually because it's January, because I feel like everybody, you know, it's almost impossible to have enough plants in your house in January to get you through, um, you know, to get you through the winter here, is invest in some fun planting materials. So invest in some some fun pots in my design portal. Um, the product that I put on each month, I choose a company to put essentially on sale. I um, I give the members the opportunity to purchase a product that normally would only be available to designers or, you know, purchased wholesale. Um, I give them the opportunity to buy it at basically a, a wholesale price. Um, and so this month, it was a company called Accent Decor, which I love because they have these super fun planters and plant stands. And it's just a great way to take your plants and just elevate them uh, <laughs> literally um, or figuratively uh, to the next level to just um, be able to have fun with them. And that's the thing is you can take a plant that, you know, a, a relatively small plant and put it in a beautiful, fun container. I like to buy containers without holes in them and then just drop the plant without repotting it a lot of times. Um, if the container is big enough, just drop it right down into the um, into the new fun container. That way it gets really good drainage so I know I can't overwater it or I know it's not you know sitting in stagnant water or the soil is getting too moist. Um, in the winter, that's usually not a problem. Um, that's another good, well, we're going to talk about plants as an indicator for the health in your home. But um, if, you know, if, if your plants are drying out really quickly, then you need to increase the level of humidity in your home. And the easiest way to do that is just to water your plants more often or have more plants that you are watering. Uh, but other things, like other things that show, um, not just medications, but things like, um, you know, I love yoga. I love, I, I love my yoga classes, but I don't get there as often as I, as I know that I should or would like to. Um, but creating an environment where you're lowering your stress levels and lowering the physical stress hormones in your body that's going to pay off so many times over in things like, you know, money that you're spending on classes or um, this one article that I was listening to is even therapy, you know, it just different ways of dealing with your emotions and keeping your, um, those hormones that trigger those negative emotions that elevate your body's response to those negative emotions that make them so uncomfortable. Plants do a great job of naturally regulating those things. So I'm going to give you a few numbers here. Numbers of that, of plants that um, you need to 
do these different things. So 15 plants in six inch pots will completely purify the air of an 1800 square foot space. So if your, whether it's your home or the, you know, a floor of your home, that's a, that's a good idea of, you know, how many plants that you need to purify, to adequately purify the air, to take the place of an air purifier in that same space. So if you buy an air purifier and it says it's good for 600 square feet, so that's, you know, that's a nice large living room um, or good size, you know, good size family room area, which most things are um, spec'd for, um, you know, that would be like six or seven plants in that space. So figuring out how you're going to put them in those places, how you're going to stagger them, how you're going to stage them, what places you have for them is important. Um, make sure that the surfaces that you're putting them on are taken care of, even if you're uh, even if you're putting them in something that doesn't um, but you know doesn't have a hole, doesn't have drainage for your plant if you're putting, the pot inside of a decorative pot and it's draining into it, just be aware that you're going to still create condensation if there's moisture in one, um, you know, in, in one vessel versus, you know, putting it on something on wood. Um, you can either, you know, put some cork under that or, um, elevate it slightly. That's why I love plant stands. I love like natural wood plant stands, just the little ones with the little legs or little feet. That's something fun to do with the kids too, is to build different things to put your plants on to break that space between the pot and the wood if you're putting them on pot, on, um, on wood. Uh, for stress and fatigue, they recommend an eight inch pot, you know, a plant that would fit in an eight inch pot for every 129 square feet. So that's a nice size plant. Um, so again, we're about the same. We're a little bit less in terms of, um, you know, the square footage that you, uh, that you need to fill. So one large eight inch pot for every 129 square feet to adequately uh, reduce stress and fatigue. So number seven, now we're going to get a little woo. Plants, we communicate with plants whether we know it or not. We've not been raised to, to do that. Um, you've heard all, I'm sure, you've heard the studies we all have. We've seen them on, you know, 2020, um, there's always seems to be one popping up of plants that are played, um, you know, one type of, you know, plants that are played symphony music versus playing like acid rock music and how they change. Um, we've heard the studies of plants that were, you know, seeds that were prayed over versus seeds that weren't. We've heard the studies of, um, 
we've heard that talking to plants is good. So talking to plants is good because you're basically breathing their life force right onto them. You know, they take the carbon dioxide and they give you oxygen. So talking to plants is is also um, therapeutic in a way if there's some things you want to tell the plant that you might not be comfortable telling some other people. Uh, it's, it's really good. But um, our hearts is our is the life force of our body it's the inter you know it is the energy center of our body and plants function in a very similar way to the way that our hearts the neurological responses that happen within our hearts to keep it beating and when we are close to plants, we are in a, a vibrational energy that is good for our hearts. It helps keep them open. It helps keep them functioning naturally. And again, because, you know, and, and this, where all of the science comes in of the things that were talked about that you know people go out and try and quantify I believe personally that this is where a lot of it falls into this non-quantifiable space of feeling into our surroundings so I find that our plants really help with because we are in in their presence we are more in touch with our own emotions and that quietness we're able to tap into our own intuition and every good gardener will tell you and I have been blessed to have several great gardeners in my life there is a peace and understanding that you get from plants that you really don't get anywhere else so if you already have plants in your home and maybe they don't look so great take some time and be with them and both of you will benefit from the time together. And when you talk to your plants, take some time to listen as well. And number eight, plants are a great indicator of the health of a space. Now, I don't just mean air quality because there are some plants that love high benzene levels. Snake plants do great with poor air quality. So they're not going to be an indicator of the air quality. That's why having a broad array of different kinds of plants are going to help you make sure that everything is is going well in your space but what about if you say I don't have a green thumb just like any 
belief, anything that keeps showing up in your life, you can be sure that if you take the time to look at it, then you're going to see clues into other ways that into the the ways that you can reframe it and the ways that you can adjust it. Now, I don't think that everyone needs to have, you know, these mad plant skills. I do not. I certainly do not. I have a schedule where I try and remember to water my plants um, during the winter. That schedule is off because I'm noticing that the plant in the one main room by the door, it tends to wilt faster than it probably should. Uh, so I know that the air in that room is is drier than it should be. And so what I probably should do is I probably should add more plants instead of just keep watering. I just really don't have as much space for that. So I just try and keep that guy as healthy as I possibly can. And I'm gonna give you a few clues to do that as well. Um, but start out, whether you know what's right or not, by just setting up a schedule. If you have little people in your life, this is so much fun. It's so much fun to set up a, either a plant watering schedule with them. I love orchids because orchids are three cubes of ice every Saturday morning. Um, just kind of, I love picking the ice up out of the, um, you know, out of the ice maker and knowing that those three cubes are for my plants or, you know, for my orchid. It kind of grounds me into the weekend, kicks it off to a great start. Anytime you can incorporate a habit and especially a habit of responsibility, um, back to those, it just amazes me the times that I've been, you know, asked to go in and help design a, a room for a child that one of the first things they always ask for are plants. And one of the first things that the parents give pushback on are plants because they see them as messy or as, you know, they're going to die. What if you give them, or instead of a hamster, <laughs> You know, instead of being responsible for a, an animal, what if they start out with responsibility for plants? Uh, succulents are really fun. They don't have the same, they don't have all of the same medicinal benefits that, uh, you know, our foliage plants are going to have, especially our leafy green ones. But they're a fun living accent that you can put in any space on any bookshelf and just bring some life and some attention to it and a schedule of care. Anytime you can introduce a schedule of care to your children, it's going to also remind them that as they get older and as no one else is looking out for them, how to do their own self-care, how to, you know, our plants are teaching them intuition. They're teaching them or te teaching them to trust their intuition. Intuition isn't something that's taught. Tapping into it is. Um, there's so many good lessons in plants that they're not going to, they're not, it's a lot harder to teach them in other ways. And you can, and the great thing about plants is you can fail. You know, we, it, 
some people, you know, are, are, are little empaths. They're going to get really attached to their plants, but they're also going to be able to take really good care of them and they're going to learn more about themselves. You do want to make sure that you trim the dead spots or the dead, um, you know, the dead material off of plants because it makes them grow healthier. You do want to practice pruning, which again is a good lesson for, uh, it's a good science lesson for our kids if you want to teach them how to propagate parts. You know, if you have a plant that the parts that you're pruning off can be propagated into new plants. Um, it's also a good part of teaching how letting go is what makes you flourish. Uh, so there's, again, so many lessons there, but such a great way to take care. And anytime you're taking care of a plant, the plant's taking care of you as well. And that's an important thing to remember. So if you are bringing plants in and you're noticing, you know, you're watering them on a schedule, you're allowing the soil to uh, dry out adequately for whatever the plant's needs are, whether it's a plant that needs dry soil or needs moist soil, if you're following the basic guidelines and you're still having problems with your plants if you know that they're in good light lighting conditions um, the ones that are specified for that particular plant and you're still having problems then that's when you want to really take action on the air quality in your home uh, you want to make sure that your um you know, you're not bringing in a lot of, you know, toxic substances, like, you know, you're not using dryer sheets and heavily perfumed um, candles and uh, cleaning agents, all of those things that are going to build up in your home and your plants are going to, you know, over time, they're certainly going to take care of that, take care of those. But you might think that you don't have a green thumb when actually um, there's just a lot of chemical buildup in, in the air in your home that's actually affecting your plants and your plants are helping you root that out and get that taken care of so that you can be healthier in your home. A couple of things in terms of how to care, easy ways, easy natural ways to care for your plants. Um, if you have a number of plants, I have a couple that live outside during the summer and then they come in during the winter and those plants are very prone to those tiny little gnats that grow in the soil. I don't know if they just lay dormant in there and those plants just are magnets to them. Um, or if because they're outside and inside, I don't know what it is. I haven't done enough research to actually know where those little guys come from, but I figured out a way to get rid of them. So that's all I needed to know. Um, diametaceous earth, which is ground up dead sea coral. Uh, it's a, it's a form of coral. It's not like the coral you see in coral reefs, but, um, it's silica, and I use it outside to treat my plants because it kills insects um, because basically they crawl across it and it, um, it's good for bad insects. It, it actually makes, you know, it gets rid of bad like pests um, and things like slugs and snails. 
Um, but it's actually not harmful to beneficial insects like ladybugs and prey mantis. Um, so I use that as my insecticide for my plants, just especially my plants that we eat. I also use it. Um, I actually take a tablespoon of it every morning in some water. It tastes like grit. It's like drinking sea sand. Um, but it's so great for your hair um, and your nails. It's fantastic for that. But if you just sprinkle a little bit across the surface of your soil, once, like not when it's completely wet. Um, so I usually water them. And then like a day later, I'll sprinkle a little of the diametaceous earth across there just a fine powder you do want to be careful you don't want to breathe diametaceous earth in because it is silica and it can um it's not good for your lungs it, it'll make your throat feel a little bit scratchy if you breathe a little bit in but it's not good to get down into your lungs um but um if you just sprinkle a little bit around if you have really little people i wouldn't let them do this because you know you don't want them inhaling a huge bunch but ingesting it is absolutely 100% fine so you don't have to worry about that um it's just kind of the the float the um you know if you'd like drop a tablespoon and you see sort of the powder fluff up uh that's what you don't want to inhale again it's not terrible for you if it, it only happens a couple times but um you'll feel it in your throat um Another thing that's really great, every month I or every week of the podcast, I feature an essential oil. And you might not know this because usually I forget about it. But I, if you go to, if you're in the habit of going to the um, show notes or the podcast webpage where I have the resources for each episode, I do always feature an essential oil. Sometimes they're ones that are on sale um, with doTERRA. I I favor doTERRA essential oils just because I trust the sourcing. Um, this month or this week, this week, the essential oil is basil. I chose that for two reasons. One, basil, the properties of basil, and it is basil just like the herb basil that you would cook with. The properties of basil as an essential oil are really similar to all of these benefits that we've talked about from adding plants into your home, from relaxing the nervous system, lowering the cortisol levels, lowering your blood pressure, um, increased immunity, uh, better ability to breathe, enhanced um energy levels while still maintaining sort of that quiet sense of peace. Basil has all of those properties and is as an essential oil, whether you're inhaling it or whether you're, you know, dropping it in your, um, you know, in a massage oil and rubbing your feet. There's, you can use basil pretty much any way that you can imagine you could use an essential oil. The other great thing about basil oh basil also um helps with your focus um and um the ability to perform tasks longer uh, which i just thought was just so fantastic and and if you've ever had a basil plant or if you buy fresh basil regularly you know how it just is such a great leafy green um plant 
The other great thing that basil does is it keeps your plants healthy. So when you're watering your plants, a drop or two of basil essential oil is going to help them uh, just stay healthy in whatever conditions that they are in. So um, it strengthens their their root systems. It does a lot of great things, but they just they just seem happier. <laughs> when they get you know once a month I don't do it every time I water but just you know a drop or two of essential of basil essential oil just kind of stirred into the water that I'm using to water the plants and again if you have little people this is a great way to get them involved because basil is such a safe essential oil and it's so good for so many different parts of us. The other thing that I will do with um, my plants, especially the ones that I feel like I need to water a little more often or they're in really common areas, uh, plants don't get enough, um, you know, there, there's no nutrients in water. There's a couple different ways that I do increase the nutrients in my plants without having, um, without using unnatural fertilizer um, if you have animals or little people you don't want to be you know mixing up a lot of chemical fertilizers uh, so one thing that I do and this is only good for plants that take up a lot of water is a great way to give them calcium as when you get to the end of a milk container I usually do one you know, I, I rinse it out and, you know, swish the water around and, and dump it out. And then I fill it up with water. And then I use that to water my plants. It's really good um, for plants with really good drainage. You don't, because well, the bacteria that actually grows in there is good for the plants, as well as the calcium that's in there. But you don't want it to be stagnant or it'd be just like leaving a glass of milk out. It gets pretty stinky. Um, I take, I have a magnesium supplement that I use for my nerves for um, just, it's a, it's a calming, it's um, a drink mix and it's called Calm, C-A-L-M. And it's basically just a powdered magnesium that you stir into water, like a powdered flavored magnesium. It might have a little bit of um, natural sweetener in there. Like I think it has some stevia in there. But I will mix up a glass of that and I will feed it to my plants. I just, you know, pour probably half a cup, a cup, depending on the size. Um, I mix up one great big glass with a couple tablespoons of that and then just go around and, and feed my plants and and it just makes their leaves glossier, um, seems to prevent insects, uh, whatever it does. They, they just, I can just tell that they're happier. Um, and then I will do the same thing um, with kefir. Like when I finish up my kefir container, I'll... Um, same thing I do with milk. I'll just add a little bit of, you know, rinse it out, then fill it up with water, and then go around and water my plants with it. And that makes them really... And the last thing that I do that my plants really seem to like is I make nettles tea. 
So what I do is I have a tea pitcher where I can just dump the herbs right into it and it makes uh, a liter of tea and I keep this to drink myself because um, it's high in so many wonderful naturally occurring minerals. Um, and then when I'm done with my tea, instead of throwing my tea, and I actually do a brew with uh, about two tablespoons of nettles tea per liter, um, a large, like a heaping teaspoon of rose hips, and then uh, about uh, half a teaspoon of orange, of dried orange rind. And I use that to drink. I don't drink soda. That's just sort of like kind of just a beverage that I keep on hand. Sometimes I'll mix it with sparkling water. But instead of throwing my tea out, um, and I don't have any tea in there. It's just nettles, rose um, rose hips, and orange rind. Um, I'll scoop a little bit out and I'll just mix it into the soil of, uh, by mix it in, I mean I take a teaspoon and I just plop it <laughs> into a potted plant. And I just do that periodically um, just to keep giving them, you know, some nutrition. And I'm not going to do that as frequently and um, with the plants that are in my office because they don't get a lot of light as the plants that are in the front room and the bedroom that get a ton of light. So that is everything you needed to know about houseplants and the reason that this podcast is so long uh, is because they are the best way to heal your home and yourself and they are a necessity in this crazy, busy, stressed out preservative filled world that we live in they're the best way to get you back to you so thank you my friend for being here today thank you for humoring me in this um particularly long podcast if there is anyone that you feel like could benefit from this please pass it on to them And if there's anything that you would like to hear, let me know as well. I am grateful for you and I look forward to seeing you here next week. Take care. Thank you for joining me here today on the In Her Eyes podcast. If you heard something today that resonated or helped you move forward on your design vision, please head over to the platform you get your podcasts and subscribe. And it would mean the world to me for you to leave me a rating and review. The complete instructions for doing that are on the In Her Eyes podcast website. That's inhereyespodcast.com forward slash review. And while you're there, be sure to grab my bedroom project planning workbook. It's the step-by-step guide to designing a room on any budget that truly supports your needs, your style, your habits, and you or your daughter will love coming home to, whether you're seven or 77. And it's my gift to you for tuning in. 
And if you have an idea for a podcast episode, something that you're struggling with, or something that you'd like to hear more about, please fill out the form on the bottom of that page. I personally read every single submission. If it's something that I feel confidently that I can speak to and help you with, I'll absolutely create something that will help you out. And if it's something that I feel like someone else can guide you better, I will guide you to that person, I promise. Have a beautiful day, my friend. Until next week.